of Aslan lovers, this here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now this here be the main show episode, where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Permission granted. Please come aboard. Yes, please do. Such a curious thing it is. Hmm. There's lots of curious things. Yes, indeed. Did you know that um, that's a very um, frequently used word in Alice in Wonderland? Yes. It's a curious. Oh, I know. Curiouser and curiouser. Absolutely. And and I thought that maybe Adam and Eddie kind of were playing a little joke, a little jokey joke. Oh. Welcome, everyone, to another Once Upon a Time fan podcast. My name is still Jeff Roney, and I'm joined by... I'm sorry, I just find that highly amusing because, again, it's as, you know, you kind of almost say it as if there's a possibility that it could have changed between the last time we checked. I mean, I don't know. I could change my my name to Zephyr. No. All right. I don't want that. And you are? Colleen Roney. And we are joined by the... First dog lady, she's yes. down there on her blanket. Yes. Welcome all. We have a number of things we want to cover. And I want to tell you that this is podcast episode 224. Hmm? The show notes and multiple links and all kinds of things can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 224. We will indeed be discussing the episode called A Curious Thing, which was written by Adam. Adam. Adam? I did it again. <laughs> Adam and Eddie. Well, together which... they would be Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. We started another ship. Fantastic. Oh. All right. So anyhow, they have written this episode, which it didn't seem like an Adam and Eddie episode to me. But. Oh. Anyway. There were definite elements that I thought were definitely Adam and Eddie. All right. So we will jump into... I have papers everywhere. Okay. So we will jump into this. Uh, now this here be views from the deck. Take it away, Coppin and first mate. Thank you. We shall... We just rewatched the episode. Yes. And we're going to be jumping around a bit, but I did want to discuss one thing really fast is there were lots of heart mentions and more than you would actually think. One of them slipped my mind until I watched it again. Hmm. We did in fact see we've seen before and I think maybe this was a setup and I, I know that some fans of the show are kind of upset about this. When Regina gave her heart to Robin Hood. Yes. So, obviously, this was a a physical showing of, I'm giving my heart to you to care for, to protect, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Which alludes to love and sure. friendship and relationships and that, that kind of thing. 
but also we see a broken heart. Mm-hmm. We've seen a darkened heart before. Mm-hmm. We see, you know, and as you pointed out, half of you, my heart is with you. The other half is with me. And so together mm-hmm. we make a complete heart. Right. Also, uh, pure of heart mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the portal, which there wasn't supposed to be any more portals, to Glinda mm-hmm. in her banished, frozen, Narnian area there. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out. There were Which, lots more hearts in this episode than I had yeah, thought. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I'm wondering now that you're making that statement about Glinda, just kind of as an aside here, is is that little a little bit of a nod to Elsa? Well, yes. I think there's a lot more, and there's also the uh, let it go, Charlie kind of thing. Sure. So, I mean, they're, they're teasing us because they, they know that this... Uh, obviously, the Disney animated film is a monster oh. hit, probably beyond anybody's wildest. And they can they can use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Can. So and anyway. uh, speaking of Glinda again, just because I just happened to notice this, I noticed it the first time, and I just didn't mention it in our uh, first thoughts. But I did notice that her pendant around her neck is a diamond. Yes, and yep. it looks very similar to the one that Zelina wears. Yes, though Zelina's is of course emerald. I, I wonder who made the pendants. Well, she I said wonder. she said she gave her the pendant to um, she made she gave her the pendant okay. to focus her focus power. her power, mm-hmm. and therefore all her power is in that pendant. That's why she said if you take it away, she's powerless. So yeah, well, okay, I, I I'm not trying to argue semantics here, but if that pendant focuses her power. Uh, you know, I'm powerless, maybe out of control. Possibly, so. possibly. But that's, she just said you, that's how to defeat her. Yeah. I also did want to mention, and it's on one of my notes, is that there was, to me, a lot of wicked. Yes. In this yeah. episode, in that, that Glinda was trying to help Zelina, but in the play, she's Elphaba. Correct. Kind of control herself. Sure. And be a part of Oz and right. not be so, you know, she couldn't control herself. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I noticed that was kind of what I felt was a nod to Wicked was when Rumple mentioned to Snow and Charming who it was that they needed to go see. Mm-hmm. He pronounced her name Galinda. Yes. He didn't say Glinda. Right. It was Galinda, mm-hmm. which is, of course, in the musical, her original name galinda and she made a big wow. production of galinda okay and then after alphaba was banished and basically referred to as the wicked witch then she shortened it out mm. of respect for you know her as well so that yeah. was an to me that was a very small little itty bitty tiny little thing but that's what i caught i think there's a lot of things that they toss out in the script Oh, sure. So. Things that we probably don't even realize unless mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we can't all know like every bit of pop culture or anything like that. Although we try to know a lot about pop, try pop culture. To. But I would say that even literary things and fantasy and science fiction. I mean, these guys are well-rounded. Again, we've said this a million oh, yeah. times. These writers are very well-rounded and clever. And they come up with stuff that you just kind of go, wow. So... Anyway, that's my that was my little observations. I would also toss out that they have a huge, well, a group of researchers too. Oh, that I'll I'm bet sure. they'll say read all the versions of 
mm-hmm. whatever story. Mm-hmm. Tell us what this means or this is this name mm-hmm. used and that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I would I'd love be to fascinated. have that. I was going to say, I would love to know oh. their resources, yeah. where they go yeah. for that information. All right. So let us continue. I did want to throw out one little weird theory I have. Okay. I have weird theories now and then. <laughs> Just the way that they approached Glinda seemed a little like approaching the Wizard of Oz. I cannot think right now that you have to be pure of heart, but there was kind of this kind of the same thing to approach the wizard. You have to be a certain thing. And it was very similar to me. I, again, and that's a possibility. I, I would need to watch wizard of Oz again because I just don't, I don't recall, but I do know pure of heart does come into play somewhere. And it's, it's driving me nuts because you're right. It did. It was one of those things that just kind of stuck in my head. And I can't think of where it is. Yeah. All right, let's move forward. Did you notice the sound when Zelina arrived and left on her broom? Every time. I noticed it several times. Yeah, it was a tornado. It was a tornado sound. Now, you and I disagree, but I'm going to throw this out there. Is if that's the sound when she arrives and leaves, possibly that's her, her... Maybe she created that tornado. That took her out of the land. When she was a baby? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm struggling with that a little bit. I think that the reason she sounds like that is because that's how she was transported, not because she created it. I think that the tornado was created some other way. All right. I'd be interested to see how it actually happened. Because I can't fathom for one second that a little tiny baby would transport herself through a tornado to somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't seem logical. I mean, I know she's got magical powers, so to speak, but she didn't have too much control over it as a baby. So for her, you know what I mean? The branch, the tree, that whole thing, that didn't seem very, like, controlled. It was almost uh, haphazard, you know, because, again, babies move kind of awkwardly because they don't have full control. So for her to have summoned the cyclone very specifically to drop her somewhere else seems a little far-fetched. But that's just me. But for sure, that that sound was very, very evident when she flew in and left on her broom. Very much so. We also have, and probably in a lot of religious types of stories and different things, some type of seer or prophet or something Mm -hmm. would say, this child is special. You know, even in sci-fi literature and the... The, the baby that's born through this line will, you know, be the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a freer of the slaves or the whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the, um, it, you know, it from my upbringing, it seemed very, you know, like I've heard that before. You know, your baby will be special. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I wonder if that was the same. I don't remember that it was the same with Emma. Emma was born and they were glad and happy right but i i don't know the rumple was the only one who made the comment he said yes she will okay. be the savior All right so, so rumple yeah. did actually because rumple knew okay. rumple foresaw it so then it is almost exactly the same right yeah right very good here's something else that kind of stuck out to me for this whole episode was you know zelena gave him the memory restorer potion, whatever you want to call it. And he chose not to take it. So the first little bit 
And the whole entire time he's been there, he can't remember the last year. Yeah. Until now. Now all of a sudden he can remember it. So that's going to be real interesting to see how they play that out because he didn't take the potion for himself. So. Right. Yep. That'll be real interesting. And what's even more interesting is Neil somehow remembered. Right? Yes. Right. So how is that possible? I, I, I do not know. So that's a good question. I want to know because that's, know. in my opinion, if that's the case, then that's a plot hole. Okay. So here here's a interesting question. Will Regina change toward Robin when she gets her heart back? For instance, someone with Regina now has full emotion, full heart, full everything, and we're anticipating, you know, we kind of joked a little about it, you know, mm-hmm. just full, full love and yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what if Robin makes a mistake after she gets her heart back? Will she turn on him? Because now she has full, full emotions and heart and soul right. and all that. So. I don't think so. I was wondering. I don't think so. I mean, and, that's and drama. I, I mean, so. because they had. Here's why: because he even made the comment. You know, we had kind of a rocky past in the in yeah. the Enchanted Forest. Okay, and there's the you know the old saying: there's a fine line between love and hate, right? Yeah. So when you have that strong of a negative passion with someone, it, it sometimes actually translates into a. Okay. Positive passion, right. it's equal positive passion. Yeah. Once you get back past that, you know, barrier that the negative, um, you know, whatever is causing that negative emotion or passion, it's a very, yeah. All right. I, I think she'll. I think she'll be even more in love with him, and I think he will just, you know, be the, overwhelmed by it. The only reason I say that is because drama is never perfectly, you know, well, yeah. things never go perfect, and it never gets better it gets better and then it gets worse or there's a problem or something so right. that's the only the, reason I'm exactly we've seen yeah. that with charming and snow right. we've seen yeah. that with a number of people we've seen it with emma and hook and everything so yeah. i think there's a potential for it's happy right now for regina but there's going to be something that's going to jeopardize it in the future i hope mm-hmm. not but i know that's what they're going to do no, because that's drama yeah and that's life well not quite but so you know what i mean right I'm sliding this out on the table is because Glenda was very clear. She said only Emma can defeat Zelina. Zelina. Sure. And Glenda could not. She's not strong enough. She's not strong enough. To defeat Zelina. Mm -hmm. And what I was thinking is, you know, from my video games and story, you know, theme past, probably present too. But if, what if Emma has some type of a she can't do it there's some type of a problem i think emma may break glenda's banishment and together they will defeat zelina somehow mm, it's a possibility i mean they'd have to they'd have to of course get glenda you know keep glenda from her ban- and why did she get banished in the first place see that's uh, i don't know i, I mean I don't know. who banished her don't know and for what reason? That'd be a good question. Because we, if it was Zelina, then okay. Right. But if it's not Zelina, then who did and why? Whenever you mention something like, I'm banished, it never really stays that way. There's always some type of a something. For instance, when they mention the curse, we got to break the curse, right? 
It just sure. that's the way it works. Sure. So and the fact here's the other interesting fact that Regina was the one who broke the curse. I know we talked about that. Yeah. Before. Oh yeah. But yeah. Regina breaking the mm-hmm. curse is actually very logical because again she's the one who enacted it in the first place. Right. And even though Snow and Charming reenacted it right. with slightly different rules this time, so it seems like as it, the more times it gets reenacted, it gets weaker and it's yeah. easier to defeat. The, Do you see what I'm saying? Its potency kind of doesn't hold up mm-hmm. compared to the first time. And the fact that now Regina's the one who broke it, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So if they reenact it yet again. Yeah, well. <laughs> I hope not, because I think I hope we're done with the bla- the dark curse, because I think we're we're kind of done with that one. I think it's been played out a number of t- too many yeah. times now. This is number three, right? Yeah, technically number three. Yeah. So, well, there was the first time, and then there's Pan's version of it, which was different. Pan's version. Yeah. Of the the curse. Did he enact it? Yeah. Regina broke it. Yeah. And then Regina broke this one. Yeah. Okay. So we okay, we talked about that. Okay, now that Snow has cast the dark curse, we we're just talking about that. Yes. I wonder what the price of magic is for her. She it was she already paid it. Okay. She already I'm paid just, it because it's because it was you right. had to get rid you had to kill the thing you love most. But uh, and she did. And okay. then right. she didn't use she didn't use magic to get charming back. Regina made you know split their, her heart in half yes so i i think it's paid up I, okay. I think it's totally done all right uh so let's talk about the book for a minute i think oh another cool thing we'll talk about too okay so the book yeah i think it's more than just information to get people to believe if you watch that scene where they were looking for the book the way that Snow was talking to Regina was very interesting about that book. First of all, we know that it appears magically yes. when someone, and in this case, Henry, needs it. Right. And It's very specifically been about Henry. So it was... I think there's more to the book, and, and you had a pretty good theory, and I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I don't know if we ever did either, but I kind of thought to myself, what if there was a way, because we're about to do time travel. Right. What if there's a way that Henry wrote the book in the future? Mm. Grown up adult Henry wrote the book and somehow it's been, I don't want to say cursed, but enchanted to where it will always appear when he needs it most because he knows back in his life when he should have. It's, I mean, it's a mind bending, but then time travel usually is. So I, I don't know how, but Henry seems to be the only one who's seen all that stuff and knows all that stuff. So it had to have been written in the future because somebody who was in the future saw those things happening. Right. The the interesting thing is this. Okay, so let's talk for a lot. Let's talk about loss for just a second. You know, in the end. The story of Lost was about, spoiler alert, um, Jack. Yeah. That was the story of Lost. Yeah. And so, you know, we might want to start thinking about who the story of Once Upon a Time is about. And I think you make a good point. So it could be about Henry. Henry. Yeah. Because Henry does kind of tie in with 
every it's all about bit of thing. Now, I mean, some people may say, no, it has to go back. It, it's really about snow and charming. But but Henry fits in with all of that. Exactly. You without know, without so. things happening the way they did, Henry wouldn't exist. So let's talk Just about saying. the end game. I, I kind of do think that's a possibility. Whether he wrote the book or not, I think it's about Henry. It is about Henry. So. Now, the other option, the other option is that it is a book that was written by Rumpelstiltskin because, again, he would have had the foresight to write all those things. He would have right. seen the future enough to be able to put in certain things. He would have understood what was going on. And so maybe he's the one who wrote it and, again, enchanted it so that any time Henry needed it, it was there. I want to talk about Snow and her perception. She was reading things really well. Mm-hmm. And she was almost kind of like the soothsayer, if you will, or the, the seer. The, the She was reading things deeper than anyone else could really get. And, you know, sometimes there's this... Um, you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. You're too close to things right. to, to really get a full idea of what you're doing. And, you know, Regina was shocked to hear Snow say, you know, Henry didn't feel like he had a family. Right. He'd heard he'd been given up. And Regina was shocked. It's like, he did have a family. And Snow was like, he didn't feel like it, though. Right. And and, and that little side note real quick is that, what I found interesting is that in that one conversation, mm-hmm. that statement that she made, she both essentially dissed both Emma and Regina. Right. And I don't think she did it. She wasn't it, doing with it malice. No, 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 no. But, not but at all. she was just trying to kind of. But explain. she was saying, look, between the two of you, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the actions have consequences. And those consequences are Henry didn't feel, whether it was reality or not. The, the fact is he didn't feel like he had what he was looking for. And that's why the book was there, was to give him that that hope. Right. Families, relationships, marriages, friendships mm-hmm. are hard. Oh, very hard. Because you're, you're, you're in close proximity. Sure. Nobody likes to hear the truth. And sometimes the first time you hear this truth from somebody else, be it mm-hmm. a family member, be it a spouse or a girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, friend, is you, you go, you don't know. You don't know me. You don't know the situation. Right. But, but after that initial kind of, ah, you listen, you go, maybe part of that's true. The sad fact is, unfortunately, the truth does sting sometimes. Yeah. Truth is the right thing, but it still stings sometimes because it does unfortunately point out things that are not so good or that are perceived as not so good. So again, Emma abandoning Henry. Well, she didn't abandon him because she wanted to. She didn't right, want him. Right. She abandoned him because she knew that was his best chance. Regina, you know, had him and granted she was the evil queen back then when she got him, but she wanted him and she really wanted to make a go of it. And I think she would have been happy you know, until Emma showed up and that's when things kind of, right. you know, went south. She was fine. She, I think she would have been totally fine. Yeah. But again, I think, I don't know with Henry, you he's know, he's a kid and he, he doesn't have all the facts. He didn't know everything Regina did and she couldn't tell him. Yeah. By the way, I pretty much, uh, banished your grandparents, uh, here to this land. And, uh, 
they don't know who they are. They're not together, and they don't have their daughter, your mom. And I mean, she, she, but of course, but she didn't know all that stuff. But I, I want, I want everyone listening, hi, hi, to watch that scene again, but specifically watch Snow, how she goes basically from person to person, from from Regina to Emma, and she really brings this, this really sage knowledge Mm -hmm. of what the truth is and again it hurts it hurts to hear from somebody else because when you come to it on your own it's like well i i know you know whatever that's still hard but but the the fact is snow was really trying to help and so when she talked to regina and and notice regina change after that you know after she said well he had a family and then she, there was a pause, and you watch, and she'll, and then she'll say, "He needs to believe." After that discussion, yeah, it changes her, and and she, and then she focuses. She goes, "You know, basically, I need to help Henry believe." Right. And it was very, and and even the the conversation that Snow had with Emma, she goes, "Basically, what's wrong with you? You know, you snipped at Henry." You've been mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. you know, and now you want to go back to New York. What's the deal? You know, and, and, you know, Emma's like, yeah, but we had such a great time. And, and even Snow was like trying to point at her and say, you don't want him to remember. Yeah. And Emma said, no, we had a great life. And she and then Snow said, you because you forgot about us. Mm-hmm. What a blow. Yeah. Your own daughter. Yeah. Really wants to keep the grandson mm-hmm. in this forgetful dark right because you want a better life in new york yeah family's tough mm-hmm. and and sure i mean i'm quite sure there's a lot of people that say i wish i could just forget about you know certain people in the family or maybe the whole family it's hard but you know i mean just like regina said i'm quoting regina now she had he had bad times and he had good times yeah. and that's what life's about sure the both and so i i just <clears throat> that's what really kind of stood out to me is is snow really was telling the hard truth and really was trying to um help out the situation and i think yeah. the revealing of the book really was the cap of it all is because without snow they would have never found that book mm-hmm. and henry would have never believed yeah and i i think just like Regina said, they all believed after that, and I, I thought it was a really great moment. Yeah, there were there were definitely. I, I really liked this episode a lot. There were yeah. some definitely great moments, and and that was one of them for me as well. You know, where she, like you said, Snow was just basically pointing out the truth, and you know, just saying, "Look, this is what has to happen." I know that's not what you want, but this is this is reality. Yeah. And I did appreciate that Emma said, "Look." If Henry believing is what we need to do to break the curse, then that's what we're going to do. Yep. Yep. It, but it was, her whole thing, and I thought it was really interesting. Her whole thing was, you know, in her mind, okay, well, we'll, we'll give him his memories back, but then I'm going to take him to New York anyway. And it's like, wait a second. Do you realize yeah. that Henry may not want to go back to New right, York? Right. Even as great as things were there, he may not want to go back. Did, so. I mean, just just think... Regina from season one in that scene. Totally different. There would have oh, been yeah. fireballs and yelling and screaming and hollering. This is a new Regina mm-hmm. who now has full understanding, full yep. 
knowledge of of what everyone's worth is, a whole Neverland experience. This yeah. is really the best cast uh, and, and as far as characters right now. Yeah. It's so, so good. Yeah, it is. So great. It really is. Uh, one more little thing. Okay. Is what did they find the book in? It was a wooden chest. A cedar chest. A cedar chest. Which is what I, in my past... Yeah. It's also called a... Hope chest. Yes. It's a little smaller than a typical hope chest, but But, yeah, you could consider that a hope mm -hmm. chest. And hope chests were used for... Dowry's wedding. Very good. Oh, yeah. I married a smart woman You did. You... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're old. We know these things. Because I don't think... I don't think that's even talked about much anymore. I don't. I don't know if any... Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to know how many of our listeners actually know what a hope chest is. Have ever seen one? Have have had one? Um, You know, that sort of thing. I'd be interested to to hear about that. Well, I, I've I've had a good show right now. We can stop right now. Sure. I, I, but uh, we have some great feedback we want to go through. So, wow, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. So, okay, so we have that, and now we have this. This here be the social media squawks, and that includes comments on the blog as well. Just saying. All right. I want to thank Gabriel for posting on our blog at onceuponatimepodcast.com. And he was talking a bit about Cora and also time travel. The full, you can read all of his comments at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 222. But we're just going to give just a bit of what he said and we'll discuss it here. So, um, here is his comments. On to the subject of Cora. I think I might be in the minority here, but I actually do kind of feel bad for her. I've been discussing back and forth with some others and just don't think people really understand the severity of Cora's personal life. I know that giving her child away perhaps wasn't the best thing to do, but I've been thinking, and really, what kind of life would Zelina have had if Cora had kept her? Cora herself seemed to be barely making it. She even asked Jonathan to at least give her enough money to take care of her child. I believe that Cora would have kept Zelina under normal circumstances. Otherwise, why ask for financial support so that she can properly care for her? Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll continue. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of hatred for past Cora is unwarranted. Sure, hate older Cora because she has, she was just an evil woman who couldn't feel because she had no heart. But young Cora was just a young girl looking for a way out of a horrible life and made some bad decisions along the way, and I can't really hate her for that. He also mentioned in medieval times, mm-hmm. a woman with a child out of wedlock obviously was not looked on favorably. No, no, it, so. it wasn't. I agree. And and I totally get that. But I think what I what I just didn't like about her was that she was just so greedy. Yeah. I, it, I get yeah. that she wanted a better life, but there mm-hmm. are ways about there she could have had a better life possibly with one of the other villagers, but she had her sights set on royalty. Right. Okay. 
you know what I'm saying? Totally there's understand. A, look, but. there's a difference between being stuck as a miller's daughter and being married to a villager who may not be, you know, prince, may not have a lot of money, but maybe lo- would have loved her, would have cared for her, and might have even would have helped raise her baby. Yeah. And not said, you know, boo about it because if they cared about her enough and, and maybe they weren't, you know, she might have, you know, could have been married to the blacksmith, the village blacksmith, or maybe to one of the farmers. And I know that's not, you know, maybe that's not ideal for some people, but I think that she could have had potentially a happy life if she'd allowed herself. But I, what bothered me most was she mm. just couldn't get, she had to be queen. Yeah. It's like, what? You're not even, I know. So I, 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 on the one hand, I, I totally get and respect the whole wanting to better her, you know, better her situation. But there are other ways of doing it without going, well, like, you know, reaching for now, the stars. Hold on. I could name off five to ten Disney fairy tale films when women and men, too, wanted power over anything else. The dream was the to villains. be... Qu- Okay, but what princesses? Tell me what princesses wanted to wanted to act. What future princesses wanted power? Snow White did not want power. Mm. Sleeping Beauty did not want power. Cinderella did not want power. Okay, Mulan did not want power. But it, what I'm saying is, a, it's a dream. Belle did not it's want a, power. It's a dream. <laughs> I it's get a dream that. to be of course a it queen is. or a princess, and of that's why they is. want to marry the prince. That's pretty solidly. So. But they, I'm telling you, you go and watch these movies. They didn't express okay. the desire to be the princess. They just wanted to be happy. And the fact that they fell in love with... In fact, Aurora didn't know who Philip was when she met him. He was just a stranger. Okay. She fell in love with a stranger. Cinderella met the prince of the ball. Now, that's a little bit of a different story because she met the prince of the ball. She didn't expect to fall in love with him. Okay. But she didn't. She went to the ball just because she wanted to get out of her horrible situation. But she didn't like go and say, "I'm going to meet the prince. I'm going to woo him. I'm going to marry him." She didn't. That was okay. not her attitude. All right. Do you know what I'm saying? I just Belle, wanted to. Bell didn't know. know that the beast was a prince. I know. Okay. At all. So I, I just wanted to slide that over there. I totally that appreciate. I understand like I said, that 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 you know Cinderella, Aurora, all these Bell were not actively pursuing, that. and that's the difference. But but what I'm saying is. The, the they lived happily ever after is she's with a prince. And again, so. and again, let's also look at young Cora again. Cora especially was purposely pursuing a prince. Yes. Purposely, I, purposely yes. pursuing a prince. Mm-hmm. These girls, like, for example, Cinderella wanted to go to the ball because she just wanted to be one of the other girls in the kingdom, right? She didn't right. want to be treated like a scullery maid because she really wasn't. She shouldn't have been. She was from a once wealthy family. Right. She wasn't royalty necessarily, but she was not a scullery maid until her stepmother forced her into that. Okay? So that's one thing. But these girls, they, they, they wanted to... I mean, Cora, the difference is, is Cora wanted to marry a prince and she wanted to do it out of revenge. Yes. Right? Right. When she couldn't marry Leopold, and I'm talking about Cora right, right, when right. she ended up mm-hmm. with Henry, she did yeah. it out of revenge. Okay. She was not interested in... It was more than It was more than just... Getting bettering her situation. Okay. Because we saw she was very adept at stealing. She could have very easily bettered her situation that way without having to, you know. I mean, not that that's a good thing and not that I condone that, but I'm just saying she didn't need to marry a prince out of revenge in order to better her situation. She figured out a way to do that. Yes. 
I, I just wanted to slide out the other I side know. of the, the thing. I know. We, I'm just We had a very good conversation about it. All right. So let's go on to uh, the last portion of what uh, Gabriel uh, posted on the blog. Oh, and also, I have a theory about time travel, about the time travel Zelina plans to do. Yes. Which may or may not happen. So Zelina is under the belief that Regina just had everything handed to her, that her sister just lived this amazing life. But we all know that that isn't true. If Zelina goes back in time, it is, is it possible that she will witness the events that have unfolded over the span of Regina's life and come to realize that Regina did not have it nearly as easy as she once had thought? And dare I say, become more sympathetic toward her sister. Just a thought. We will see how it all plays out. I think that's a yeah. that's totally on the table, and I mm-hmm. think that's probably where because it, it does fit in with the whole dramatic things of life. Sure, you know we all have notions about things, but until we walk a mile in a man's or woman's shoes, that's a yeah. famous phrase. Yeah, we really don't understand them. We think we do. Sure, we we you know, but mm-hmm. uh, very good point. Yeah. Again, uh, thanks Gabriel for yes. that. And you can get to the link uh, to where you can read that on the show notes. All right, let's move on. Our first email is from Chuck. Thank you, Chuck, for the email. Uh, He has some kind words to say about the podcast. Appreciate that so much. Uh, He says, what a great episode. We had resolution on many questions. Henry's memory, the whereabouts of the book, and who sent the note and potion to Hook. Who cast a dark curse and what can stop Zelina? But truly, this episode was about Snow and Charming's love from the Snowbell Flower moment to charming sacrifice to slow, to snow pleading with regina to take and split her heart snow pleading to regina was so similar to when she was a little girl and was pleading at her mother's bedside for her not to die yep this episode has some heartfelt moments mm-hmm. uh, to see moe's game of thorns flower truck zelina with a red rose charming and snow with snow bell flowers and Henry placing a red rose on his dad's headstone. <clears throat> I'm open to any thoughts as to why the use of flowers in this episode. Hmm. Flowers used to be used to convey messages, actually. Right. Did you know that? Right, yeah. That depending on the type of flower you gave, that was a message. A red rose, I love yes. you. Mm-hmm. White rose is, you know, hope and purity and things like that. And then, you know, yellow rose is a friendship. And there's, I mean, other flowers, I don't know all of them right now, but... I don't. I mean, snowbells. I, I don't know what the message is, but red roses were "I love you." Right. Although, with Zelina giving, you know, putting the hook on uh, the red rose on hook, that was kind of weird I, and odd. I think that a red rose is just kind of the classic color. I understand what you're saying, but I think now these days, well, yeah, these days, it's just red rose, red yeah. rose, red rose. You use it on the bachelor. You, you put it on headstone. I mean, you know, it's just. Red pops, you see that. Mm-hmm. So red pops, and but I, I think if you look at it though, it does convey messages. It may not always be the right. same message because I mean, 
Zelina putting the red rose on Hook, I think she kind of thinks he's cute or something. I don't know. Maybe she kind of has a little thing for him, and since he's not interested in her and she's going to use him, I don't know. Well, flowers, I think, represent life and death. That you is know, true. And, that is true. You know, you you would send flowers to, you know, someone who's just had a baby, perhaps. Uh, but flowers, oh. obviously, for death. Yeah. And also, you know, the the whole thing about, you know, the, the rose and the thorns. Every rose has its thorn. Love is not only, you know, wonderful. The, the aroma, the look of the flower, how beautiful it is, but it also has thorns. So. Yeah, I don't want this to be a foreshadowing, though. Because mm. Alina dropping the rose on Hook and Henry dropping the single red rose oh. on his father's headstone. Yeah. Oh, please, well. Adam and Eddie, if you're listening, if you hear this, if you get any kind of idea, please, 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 please. I cannot beg you enough. Please don't kill Hook. Please. Well, I think they're please. afraid to kill anybody else off now, so we'll just well, leave it maybe, at that. maybe, but bottom line is please don't do it. Please, please, please. Yeah. You need him. Emma needs him. Please. Please just don't. Please don't let that be a foreshadowing. Right. But in but in, Regi- in Zelina's mind, he was a dead man as far as she's concerned. That may be why she symbolically did that. Yes. Just I don't want it to be foreshadowing. Right. I'm okay with Zelina thinking that he's dead in her head, but not really dying. Okay, that's my that's my thing. So uh, I will continue. Uh, the purveyor of the strongest light magic can stop Zelina. Well, I love Emma, but methinks this job will fall to Regina, and that is, you know, her redemption. I mean, mm-hmm. what a fantastic redemption story! Yep. Also, to the point now where she is to the point where she is breaking her own curse that she cast a few times ago. Right. What an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. True love's kiss, right? Right. I mean, and that's what uh, Glinda said about uh, the child. Yeah. Is that a child born of true love certainly has light magic. Right. I mean, it's a pretty incredible right. thing that, that all these are, are stacking up. Right. So, you know, and <clears throat> perhaps... You know, the the evil queen moniker can be burned out of pyre and, and left, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. Regina will be good, you know. I, well, so. and here's the thing. Because of the fact that Regina does love Henry so much and yeah. she's got him back now, right. she and Regina together might be the thing that will defeat right. Zelina. Yeah, that could be. We saw that with the uh, fail safe in season exactly. two. Exactly. Other uh, two uh, powers and, together, and that was that was Emma not even knowing how to use her powers. Yeah, right. Now that she's learned how to do it, and she's kind of figuring out how to make things happen on her own. Can I? T- can I? T- I I still love that scene in Granny's where she just <laughs> popping that thing, <laughs> the the cupcake or whatever. That it was, was a cup of it was a mug of Cu- cocoa. Cup of cocoa. Sorry, yeah, 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 that's right. But it was just so fun when she slapped. Boom! The, yeah, oh, I was just that. That was pretty darn funny. So fun. That was a great scene. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so and, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna finish up uh, Chuck's email. Okay. So Regina was talking about. She now has family and true love. I believe that once she gets her heart, which I believe will now be red. Ah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very very good yeah. point because she has, you know, and uh, she has worked out her evilness. 
Yeah, and she's, she's choosing it with goodness. Choosing good over evil. She will be powerful enough to stop Zelina. It's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he he said. So Regina's comment to Robin about wait till I have my heart back uh, is that a foreshadow? Maybe that's why the last hour of the finale will be uh, later later at night. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that's what's going to. You know, maybe. <laughs> or not, or not. <laughs> yeah, you put bomb uh, chicka wow wow. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Chuck, for that email. Very nice, very nice. All right, so you're going to help me out with. Yes, I will do the best I can. I, I did have one section I did want to uh, talk about. Okay. Um, but uh, Neil Cassidy, everybody, this is uh, part of my email. I've been hard on him from time to time. But damn, moments like this remind me why I love him and how he honestly was the only one thinking with his brain in the past. Till I got a message. We didn't send you any message. Forgetting Emma's message to come back. I came back to save you. Hook didn't even realize that Neil was thanking him for doing what he knew he would and could do which was to find Emma and bring her back. Yes, Neil doesn't remember in those scenes when he's thanking him, but before the curse, he knew that this would ultimately save his family. Hook thinks he's just thanking him for helping Emma, not realizing that Neil was the one that sent the message. Neil knew when he was sending the potion that Hook would save her because of his love for Emma. It's almost like Neil is trusting the love of his life to be with uh, to be with Killian. He knows that they're true love. Why else would he send it to Hook? And mm. that's I mean that's a, a great point. You know, there's something there's something about two friends being in love with the same woman. Yeah. And you know, they had their sparring parts arguing about a lighter and all that kind of thing. But there's a point where, you know, Neil maybe knew that his days were numbered. Mm-hmm. And he said, the only way that my family's going to be together is to get them back. And he knew, you know, maybe it was a bit manipulative to know that, but I just think that he knew that Hook would finish the job. And so that's why he sent it to Hook, you know. And so, you know, yeah. I think... Thinking about it now is is more more special and tender of a moment than I initially thought about. So, great yeah, point. No, there was. Uh, I just kind of skimmed through, and, and one of the things that uh, Mai was pointing out was, you know, Hook and Emma. This whole thing between the two of them, they're very they're self selfless people, but they consider things somewhat selfishly. So their their intentions don't come from a malicious place, but rather a place of love. But at times they think they're doing the best for someone else, but it's not always the case. So like when Hook decided that he was going to send Henry back to New York on the ship to save him, I got to tell you, I was not thrilled with Emma's response. I mean, I get it, 
but it's, you know, that's my decision to decide if Henry needs to be saved or whatever. I'm like, what? Or protected. I'm like, no, do you not get that he's trying to make things better for you so you can finish what you need to do here and then you can go back to New York if that's what you really want? He absolutely loves her unconditionally and he's willing to do whatever that takes. And if that means losing her and sending her back to New York, he'll do it because he knows that's what will make her happy. Now, her response, I didn't care for, but... I mean, I kind of get what Did, she's saying because, hey, when you, who are you to you know make this decision? But at the same time, the two of them, man, they do things, they do things to save somebody or to protect somebody. But they have, and I agree with her. They have kind of selfish motives in doing it. Was that a ruse? I don't know. I you don't know what I mean? Know. Like the like the Emma and Regina ruse about the earthquake and well, all that. And that's the thing. It's a very real possibility. I thought that too, and I still do think that it's a potential thing where they're acting like they're um you know mad mad Mm -hmm. because here's the thing okay so he's supposed to kiss her and take her magic right and i've asked this before what's going to happen to it if he does right where's it going to go and will that even work because emma has control over her magic she's learning control over her magic whereas zelina never had control over hers that's why it's in her pendant so where where exactly point. where exactly uh, yeah. is what's going to happen if Killian does kiss her and take her magic? What's going to happen to the magic? What if is it goes he, into him? Exactly. If yeah. he's got it, then mm. all then couldn't she just kiss him back and mm. take it back? I mean, mm. do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't yeah. seem logical to me that that's all there is to this. So I don't understand what's going to happen with that. Plus, is that even going to work? Right. And the fact that he won't do it when he all he wants to do is kiss her is again it's a selfless thing but and i, I that one i don't see as being selfish but i it's just I, that's a big question i have what's going to happen to her magic if he does do it yeah. i don't think he will but what's going to happen to it i mean could he if she's so powerful that regina couldn't take her heart or core couldn't take her heart how is he going to get her magic mm-hmm. just cuz elena cursed his lips doesn't mean that you know, he's going to be able to take her magic. What if, what if, what if, if he kisses her because he knows that he has to do it or else Henry will die, it ends up killing him instead. Right. Well, I don't, I, they would have already talked about another death. I I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm just telling you, I hope they don't. I'm still, I'm still like a little that. upset that they did one of those, is Regina dead? And then go to commercial. Uh, I mean, that was kind of I knew she cheap wasn't dead. to me. I knew she wasn't dead. So anyway, we have to move on. Thank you so much, Mai, for your email. And I'm going to post all yep. of it in the show notes so you yes. can read it all yes, there. Yes, yes. Great points. This is from Marilyn. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. Oh, that wicked witch. Having our hook hogtied and thrown into the trunk of that pimp mobile like a sack of potatoes. What a... And she says... This word rhymes with witch, so you can figure out what it is. Uh, I cannot wait until someone smashes her emerald pendant and tosses a bucket of well water on her. I think there's a long line of people with you on that. Oh, yeah. And poor Hook cannot seem to get a break as far as getting credit for trying to protect Henry and do the right thing. Not from Emma or anyone else for that matter. But I must say he does a great job of arching that eyebrow of his to emphasize his point, just as an old fave of mine, Mr. Spock. Leonard Nimoy, for those of you too young to get the reference. But he was in the new Star Trek movie, yeah, so they, 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 they kind of keep up. Uh, anyway, he used to do 
a great... He used to do that to great advantage. Yes, in uh, Star Trek. Yeah. And I had to reach for my box of tissues again during the scene where Charming gives up his heart to enact the curse. Josh and Jenny did an amazing job. That's mm-hmm. true. You, you were grabbing tissues as well. It was well. a little emotional. Lastly, I have to admit that you had me laughing during your previous podcast where you expressed your dismay at the fact that some people watching once did not get the Liberace reference because they were too young. I fully sympathize in that. Yes, I can remember TV back in the black and white with rabbit ears when I was a kid watching programs like the original Mickey Mouse Club with Annette Funicello and Disney Zorro. Then how thrilled I was when my family got our first color TV and watching one of my favorites, Disney's Wonderful World of Color. I remember the same things. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff and Colleen, I feel your pain. Laugh out loud. Take care, Marilyn. Thank you so much, Thanks, Marilyn, for that. And by the way, Mr. Spock arching the eyebrow, he did a wonderful job of that. Yes. Slightly different effect, though. True. Hook arching the eyebrow was oh, heart palpitations. Right. And Spock, Spock was fascinating. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there was a definite uh, difference between those two. But, uh, yeah, how funny. I remember watching the uh, Mickey Mouse Club, the original Mickey Mouse Club. and I mean, it was in reruns when I watched it because I'm... A bit younger than that, but what, people better jot this down. This is the first time in a long time I've ever talked about Star Trek in an episode. Genevieve, okay, <laughs> that's, that's for you. All right, but but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember watching Star Trek. Okay, when I was a kid, this not next... much though. I didn't. I was not a huge Star Trek fan. Sorry, that's why I married I just you. Wasn't... Okay, so let's talk Brad's email. <laughs> Digging deeper in the grime, finding gold one podcast at a time. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. Here are the things I learned on the episode, A Curious Thing. Number one, Aurora and Philip could potentially have a flying baby. That's, <laughs> that I, I am really worried about what happened to them. I don't know what happened to them. It really makes me sad. Yeah. Number two, Hagendaz has found its true love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, footwear is the most powerful magic after true love. Apparently it is. Some women agree with that. I'm not one of those, but, you know. Just ask Zappos. Yeah. Number four, it would be wise for Henry to never bring a pet over to Regina's house. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Number five, Wicked Witches and Time Traveling Holy Wars should be a book on the New York (laughs) bestsellers list. New York Times bestsellers list. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you. That would be a wonderful book. Mm Mm-hmm. You have magical, magical reviews. Okay, number six, Lana's Lana's body double is getting more screen time than she is. <laughs> hmm. She looked amazing in that red dress, by the way, at the beginning. I loved that red dress. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, indeed. Uh, where was I? Oh, number seven. Uh, you don't need 15 years of medical training to become a cardiac surgeon when you have magic. That is true. Yep. Number eight, pine cones can be used as currency. Well, if you're Robin Hood and his band of merry men. Yeah. Number nine, only amateurs use a cheap cloaking spell when making portals. <laughs> that was a pretty funny line. Tish tosh, that cheap cloaking spell. Number 10, when you're at the edge of the dark forest trying to stop your imminent doom, don't forget to stop and smell the snowbells. The roses. roses. Or dancing daffodils. 
Good Lord. Oh, that was funny. I expected the daffodils to dance. Once Regina started well, talking about know, it, and dun 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 in, dun. in Alice in Wonderland, they sing. Yeah, yeah sure. And the lion. <sighs> yeah, all right. Observations. Snow told Philip, if we don't, we Aurora give Aurora and Philip. Snow told Aurora and Philip. Yes. You just said Philip. He t- she told both of them. Right. Let's just make sure Aurora is included. All right. I like Aurora. Okay. If we don't, we give in to fear. In the Phantom Menace, Yoda says, fear is a path to the dark side. Are you listening, Mark Davis? Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That's because Mark Davis mm-hmm. loves that Sith stuff. Yeah. I guess fear also leads to be turned into a flying monkey. Maybe next time they won't trust a wicked witch and we'll warn them ahead of time. Yep. Henry mentions he wants to play his Game Boy. This seems really strange since Game Boy, the Game Boy name was discontinued in 2005 and replaced with Nintendo DS. Henry recently had been living in New York, so it's safe to say he had the newest technology. Maybe he bought it off eBay? (laughs) I would have thought the writers would have caught something like this. I know it's silly, but to a gamer, it just sounded ridiculous and outdated. Mm Mm-hmm. The wanted sign for Snow actually applies now. At least the murder part, anyhow. I can't believe she went through with killing Charming. I understand the sacrifice, but I couldn't get over how they rushed to that conclusion so fast. That was a very emotional scene. Yeah. Incredibly emotional scene. Oh, yeah. Glenda told Snow, now you hold... You hold not one pure heart, but two. I sense powerful magic there. Since we know snow is not magical, this answers the question, will their baby have magic just like Emma? I'm betting it will. And maybe it'll be a powerful, magical baby just like Zelina was. Yep. I, I agree with that. Seeing Regina's heartbroken reaction over Charming and Snow's conversation about him giving up his heart was devastating. I had to shout out, please throw a fireball or something, Regina. You're tearing my heart out here. So. Yeah, she she was visibly shaken by that. Mm-hmm. We heard that Zelina made her choice when she gave into her dark magic. That sounds a lot like Anakin Skywalker's choice to give into the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Catman. If if you're new to the, welcome all the new listeners. Hello there. Hi. There was a guy in the background. Season one and season two, I called Catman. He had this cool little cap on with these big glasses. But I didn't realize he looked like someone we've seen in the Pixar films. Oh, yeah. So anyway, this Catman, one episode, I can't remember which one was going through the payphone looking for payphone change. Yeah. And I always said, this poor guy, he needs a job. He's just, you know, getting changed out of the payphone. It's sad and storybook. He's just stuck there. Yeah. So we see him every now and then. And, he was sitting uh, next to Grumpy on the yeah. count- the lunch counter there at uh, Granny. So that's who the cat man is, just in case. Who? Maybe. You didn't say. So the cat man looks exactly like Carl Fredrickson from the Pixar movie Up. Mm-hmm. Once his wife Ellie passed away, his real adventure may have began. Maybe... He will reveal that he is the author of the book. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Lots of adventures in there. He is kind of always there he when is always big things there. happen. All right. The killing of the flying monkeys made no sense to me, but I have found a way to deal with it. Please share. <laughs> 
I, I couldn't deal with it. The way I see it is, instead of asking whatever happened to so-and-so all the time, I'm just going to throw them into the flying monkey massacre category. So in this episode, we see the death of Anton, Ashley, Sean, and Nicholas, Ava, and Michael Tillman, King George, Sidney Glass, Mulan, Aurora, and Philip, and Nova. Yes, it is sad, but at least we now know what happened and can move on. Rest in peace, my friends. I love how crass... Crass bow. This is just What's in your water? Chai tea. That's all this is. I was going to say. All right. I love how crossbow granny just sits in the back, <clears throat> background knitting a blanket, not saying a word at the round table. The look she gives could be interpreted at, I'm doing my part. <laughs> well, she she's at the work council. She's always there. Yeah. All right. When you think about Henry's potential stepdads, they are all very well known. You've got the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood mm-hmm. and Captain Hook. <laughs> what kid wouldn't think? What kid would not think all those would be awesome? Oh yeah! Yep. Can you imagine? Yep, that'd be really cool. All right, uh, we were told we would see another death before the season is over. Oh no! Oh no! Then there, that it's on the table. No! Oh. No! And I hope you guys are right in predicting predicting it might be charming oh 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 so so that was it yeah yeah so, so the charming yeah, would be yeah, the yeah, one right. that his death mm-hmm. was the, the one okay. we were seeing right. but uh, my other hope is that it's Zelina then yeah yeah but then i wonder where we're going for season four that's that's my mm-hmm. question yeah because because i have some cover art to change <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think we can take another major death again. I am no. here, here. I agree. I, am I agree. Behind you, sir, with that. Even the death teases are getting tiresome at this point. That yep. is true. That is very true. Did anyone check out the bear in Rumpel's castle? It was to the left of the door Robin shot with an arrow. I'm thinking it's one of the three bears Rumpel <laughs> could have easily pulled off the part of Goldilocks. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, that is pretty funny. Was that Papa Bear or Mama Bear? I don't, I don't think it was Baby Bear. And then I remember the Father's Day with the three bears in the cartoon. and But it's Father's Day. All right. Uh, burning question. Zelina was born with great power, but how or why? It's a good question. Right. What was Gold doing with all those tools in the back of his trunk? Actually, and- if you remember those tools, although he had... Mo in the van. He right. had duct tape and um, and rope, rope back and, there. So yeah. I'm thinking those are carryovers from his. his yeah, when it when a cane doesn't work, and then you have the rest of the stuff. Tete tete with Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Mo ever wanted to go into that cabin again. Ever. That's mm. the worst. Okay, why didn't Snow, David, and Regina look for Ariel to send a message to Emma? Hmm. Were there no seashells around to call her with? Hmm. Well, that's a okay, great question. But here's the thing: Snow, David, and Regina. Did they? Regina would know. Yeah. Definitely, but Snow and David probably wouldn't have known. Season two is still kind of a fog to me. Right. So I mean, and would Regina really have wanted no, to? No, wait. No, the the seashell was season three. Yeah, of course hey. it was. Oh boy. That's my point. <laughs> okay. That's my point. So yeah. if in fact. 
Regina wouldn't have wanted to bring them back because Henry wouldn't have remembered her. That's why she wouldn't have. And Snow and David didn't know. Yeah. That's the only reason I can think of the rational explanation I, can, I have for why they didn't think to call Ariel. They also thought she was probably there somewhere, too, maybe. Right. Who banished Zelina? I'm sorry. Who banished Glenda? Exactly. It's a good question. I do not know. But I think we'll find out. There is a magic door in a forest that leads to a world filled with snow. Could this be Narnia? I think you are on to something there, which sir. is what we mentioned in first thoughts. And yep. and and here's the other thought, which I just mentioned earlier in this podcast. Could it possibly be Arendelle? Uh, what? Frozen. Oh yes. Hello. I forgot the name. You kind of set off an eternal winter everywhere. Arendelle's in deep, 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 deep snow. Okay. <sighs> Do you not listen to the soundtrack all the time like no, I do? No, I do not. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I, well, I run that's away. That's why. Ugh. I'm like the negative part of the um, negative empire. I, I am repelled. So putting thing. putting magnets yeah, together? Yeah, I'm the opposite yeah. one from the yeah. let it go sounds. Oh, boy. Okay. Hi, Captain. I think we may have some voicemails coming our way. Watch it. Careful. Only one, but... Oh. Wow, that was a heavy voicemail. It was indeed. Clean up that damage, man. Here we go. It's me. Snow killed Charming? Are you kidding me? Wow, I did not see that one coming. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. This is Brad with my thoughts on a curious thing. Seeing Regina smiling and in love is amazing. She hasn't looked this happy since being in love with Daniel. Her relationship with Robin was very rocky in the Enchanted Forest, and I was hoping to see them connect there as well, but it's interesting to see how the same man she is in love with now she could be so angry and hostile with. She closed herself off, so she became too blind to see that true love was right in front of her. I think it's ironic that she was trying to kill Snow for so long, and she actually ended up being the one person to help her break down that wall and seek out love again. And how lucky is Sean McGuire? He kissed Lana Perea so many times that he probably went home with swollen lips. I guess that's just the sacrifices you make of being an actor. It looks like Operation Cobra is back on. Henry got his memories back this week, but it wasn't as climactic as I thought it was going to be. At the beginning of the second half, I loved it that Henry didn't have his memories. I figured we'd get some great dialogue of Emma and the town trying to convince him, but instead all we got was teenage New York Henry that had to be babysitted the whole time. I enjoyed that it was the book that gave him his memories back, though, because it harkened back to the first season where the book was very prominent. Emma was not very likable at all in this episode, and I'm getting kind of tired of her New York is what's best for Henry attitude. Although I was definitely digging Feisty Emma when she yelled at him, I hope we see that more directed to the villains in this show. Jeff, you got me here, buddy. I used to think that women keeping shoeboxes was insane, until you made it make sense by comparing it to keeping your game console boxes. And I'm guilty of this myself. I still have my PS2, PS3, and 360 box. I don't know why I'm keeping them or what I need them for, but I just can't toss them in the garbage. They're perfectly good boxes, so strike true, my friend. Strike true. What a pleasant surprise to see the curse broken by none other than Regina. I guess everyone just assumed it would have to be Emma. But when I saw the curse lifted, I just thought to myself, man, that was awesome. Thank you, Adam and Eddie. You two surprised me with that. After everything she's gone through trying to change, this proved to me that it's all been worth it. To see that 
her true love broke the curse was amazing. Poor Hook, the handless wonder. He was really put into a difficult position, and Emma did not give him any credit whatsoever. I'm dubbing him the new Regina. After David and Snow accused him of lying, you could hear the desperation in the guy's voice. He was just trying to tell him that he was innocent. I was really angry at Emma, because she didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. This whole scene just didn't sit well with me at all. If he is ever going to be with her, it looks like she's not going to make it easy for him. In the meantime, I guess he'll just have to press his face up against the glass at Granny's while sadly looking in from the outside. And finally, I'm sure all the Neil fans were excited to see how he played a pivotal role in bringing Emma back to Storybrooke. This scene brought up all the emotions of wishing he was still on the show again. I'm not sure when he figured out how to speak bird, but I guess that's just one of those questions we don't ask. Well, that's it for this week. And if anyone you know is looking for Rumpelstiltskin, please pass the word on that Rumple Bumple isn't here. Rumple Bumple gone, my dear. Until next time, this is Brad shoving off. Thank you so much, Brad, for Thank that. Thank you. That was awesome. <clears throat> and <laughs> we're coming in uh, for landing. You know, sometimes we have to sail around the rocks, but we are okay. sailing forward. Hey, I have one more thing real quick. I saw the email from Marilyn. Yes. With the stuff she found at WonderCon. Yes. <sighs> Be still my beating heart. <sighs> and, and your raised eyebrow. Oh, very much so. A couple of really beautiful pictures of Colin. I mean, ridiculously good pictures of Colin. Anyway. Are you all right? I'm all right. I'm more than all right right now. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) So uh, thanks again, Brad, for that. And I do want to thank Kelsey Ann, exclamation point, and Tim's mom for the wonderful iTunes reviews. Thank you for that. It encourages us to move forward. Also want to thank the Disney Nerds podcast. I know that there are some Disney fans in the audience out there. They played our promo And if you love Disney, Disney trip reports, news, and fun information, uh, that is a great podcast that you can listen to. They did a recent one about uh, the Muppets. So you can find them at thedisneynerds.com. Also, they have a Facebook group, and it's uh, facebook.com slash thedisneynerds. And I did want to do this, very important, as I quickly find... My it is almost Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. So what I do yeah. want to do is give you a couple of great Star Wars podcasts is Coffee with Kenobi, and that can be found at coffeewithkenobi.com. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. And a lot of uh, this is going to be the Star Wars year. There's so much going on right now. Also, Skywalking Through Neverland is a Disney and a Star Wars podcast at skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And the Star Wars Report at starwarsreport.com. Nathan P. Butler is a part of that. There was a guy uh, named Barrent who was at WonderCon. And he was sitting like a row behind us. I thought I, I'm pretty sure he was there because he ran forward to get a photo with Dave Filoni after the uh, Star Wars uh, Rebels panel. I wanted to meet the guy because he is on the show with Nathan there. So anyway, I felt bad about that. That's it. I want to send big love out to everybody. 
and we're coming up on the last three episodes. And so tomorrow we have Kansas. The episode Kansas. Dorothy's coming. That's right. And then after that, we have Snow Drifts. And we have uh, There's No Place Like Home. <gasps> Snow so we're coming Drifts. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yep. There's so many meanings to that. True. Oh, wow. Oh, so, so excited. Don't forget uh, our first thoughts tomorrow for Kansas. Mm-hmm, and I know mm-hmm. we ran a little long here, but. Uh, I think it was uh, great discussions yeah. and great feedback. So oh, yeah. I want to thank everybody for listening, however you listen to us. And um, big love to everybody. And we will be talking at you soon, guys. See you guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again... Big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. So... All right, and poor Hook cannot seem to get a break as far as getting credit. We can, we need to get rid of that. Ladies, stop. The first dog lady obviously is not sleeping. Nope. <laughs>